The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome on to Hollinger and Duncan. Much to discuss. The bottom of the league. Fun times. Something that we, uh, what'd you say? Fun times. <laughs> I, I will say this though as I go through this there isn't there aren't that many teams where I'm just like I just feel terrible about their future right right that the the truly depressing like outlooks yeah pretty pretty limited in number yeah I would say there's really only one team that I just feel awful about that I'm like man this team has very limited chance of doing anything in the near future but we'll we'll get to that team Let's let's begin here with a group that I we did I think one through thirteen or so last week. This is a group that I viewed as up and coming teams that I didn't necessarily see as having the ultimate upside to get into being a conference finals or at least a regular conference finals type of contender. Um, and I, I could put these in any order. This is like my fourteen through twenty group. Wow, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Really? We're right right in this mix for me. You're you're lower on them? I had them a tier below. Think, yes. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Why are you are you lower on them? And they got Evan Mobley and Darius Garland and Jared Allen. I mean, that's three, you know, probably low guys with lower end all-star upside at least who are all 23 or under. Like that's pretty good. Yeah. Maybe I maybe I was too low on them. Especially relative not a fan to, of the organization. Especially relative to one team that I um, that I'm looking at now that um, maybe I shouldn't have had above them that that I do right now. Um, I guess I. I guess I was still a little curious about what the high end outcomes there might be, but as as yeah, I think about too. it a little more, like Mobley could end up being pretty awesome. Uh, they need better wing players, which often isn't that hard to find, or at least you can. It's it's an easier thing to luck into wing players who are good enough to be the fourth best player on a good team than it is to luck into a Mobley Allen front court combination, right? So as as I think about this and talk, I had them at the top of the next tier. And as I look at this, I think that's wrong. I think I need to move them up. Um, so I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to move them into this tier. Yeah. I mean, I think at a minimum, they're going to be a 500 ish team for, and you know, I think they could feasibly take a step back next year just because they improved so much this year. I mean, I think people who are just expecting, all right, if they're healthy next year, they're going to play the way they did when they were healthy this year. I think that's maybe asking a little too much. Uh, but I, I mean, I think they're going to at least be in the play in mix for the next five years and with some upside above that. Now, 
Now, uh, the two things that give me pause on them, I'm not sure that any of these guys has like absolute crazy upside. Maybe that's Mobley, but I don't yeah. see him as like an Anthony Davis level of offensive player, even if he might be an Anthony Davis level of defensive player. I'd agree with that. And same same thing with Garland. You know, I think he's kind of more of a lower end all-star over the next couple of years. I don't see him as really breaking into the top five at his position necessarily. And Allen is kind of, you know, he's he's an all-star this year because he's not what I normally think of as an all-star. He's kind of this, you know, a, a rim run defense center very good version of that archetype but unless you're rudy gobert i don't see him as really being like that level of defensive player as well and then just the fit of allen and mobley while it's worked better than expected i wonder about your high-end outcomes there with two more traditional bigs as you know getting into a playoff series and yeah just can this they is, score well enough? this is a team that could go to the playoffs seven straight years and never make a conference finals also, I'd feel better if they hadn't just traded a first and a really good second for Karis LeVert. I agree with that. And, uh, that's not looking too good. And uh, pr- presumably they still believe in him and they're going to just pay him this offseason, right? So that I don't yeah. see them. Like, I mean, I don't he's, see them, he's like, extension yeah. eligible, so they could ride it out. But yeah, I think extending him would be sort of a low-key disaster because, I mean, their cap their cap sheet is pretty clean uh, because Kevin Love comes off after next year. But to go ahead and turn that dividend into, yeah, paying LeVert... I'm actually I'm worried they're going to pay Sexton too. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I wonder how he ends up fitting in. I really wish we could have seen more of him this year on a real team for the first time. And yeah, I, I think, and I'm just not that big a believer in their management. They've had some hits, but they also, I think have a little bit of just like they're not exactly shooting for the moon like this Levert trade to me was a ceiling lowering trade and i just didn't like this idea of like oh first sign of success like let's fucking go for it yeah and yeah. you know now they're probably going to be in the play-in and might possibly not even make i mean to me they might not even make the playoffs we'll, we'll get into a, that a, we'll get into that yeah. at the end of the show right okay yeah okay uh so yeah there's a but there are a lot of young teams i I actually want to list off just this whole group here okay because i I think it's it's interesting to just think of all these teams and like talk about argue about which ones we think are best so i got cleveland here okay i got minnesota here this is kind of just yeah young teams that have good young players that seem to be on the upside but also you know not necessarily a ceiling atlanta who i think we can all acknowledge that them making the conference finals last year was a total fluke new orleans yes toronto yes and and i did put chicago in here even though they've got a little bit different of an age profile uh but they also have some young talent as well but let let me just so i was i was expecting a ch team but not chicago well i had charlotte i had charlotte in there too okay all right um so so here's the those are the seven teams all right tell me whose future you like the best of these seven teams toronto cleveland oh yeah cleveland minnesota charlotte atlanta new orleans toronto chicago you like toronto the best out of all those teams Yes. Um, I think they have the largest quantity of good players right now. They have the best team right now. They're still relatively young. They have the best management of any of those teams uh, and the best coach. And so I think they're just... But, but I would say they have the worst best player or, or best prospect. Although, again, with this maybe where we disagree on Barnes. You see, I but. yeah, I think I think Barnes could, could be really good and really good at a position that really makes a difference, too. 
too. Like yeah. he could but, be, but he could be pl- play, yeah. playoff good, you know, where yeah. it's like this six eight guy who's switching onto your center, but he's playing point guard. It's like what what the hell do you do? Uh, so, but, but compare him to Zion and Ingram in New Orleans, uh, Trey Young in Atlanta, Lamelo and and Bridges in Charlotte, Edwards and Towns in Minnesota. I just don't think Toronto has a combination like that. Even though I do think they have the rest of the advantage. Like I do kind of maybe trust that organization to figure it out more. But, but that's aren't not, those I, I, yeah. aren't those best players also limiting in some ways? Like hmm. Towns, as good as he is, he also limits you in some ways, right? Defensively, because yeah. basically anything no. they try only sort of works. Uh, ditto for Trey Young in Atlanta, and you know you get. I mean, we'll see what Lamelo becomes, I guess. Um, and then Zion in New Orleans, obviously. There's you know there's a giant defensive question mark there too. Like I I just like I think even though even though there isn't quite that that one guy that you want to circle, I still think high end outcomes are more plausible for this Toronto group just because of the the way they're built and the the guys they have. It just gives them. They they don't have any punching bags in a playoff series. Yeah, I think we'll learn a lot more about them in the next three weeks or so. And I'm probably also underrating what Siakam is and has been this year as well. And but yeah, I, I mean, so much depends on Barnes. If Scotty Barnes becomes an All Star, then yeah, I think I probably do like Toronto the best of this group because you've got two other All Star level of players in Van Fleet and Siakam. Now they're a little older. Uh, Barnes is going to have to make this happen within a year or two. Uh, to and yeah again they're i don't know if they're gonna luck into another number four pick but yeah their coach is really good their organization is really good and and i also think that there are just some some easy ways just to get a little bit more shooting in there that they could be a lot better on offense pretty quickly here as well yeah maybe they should be at the top of this group i, I think maybe, maybe i'll move them up um yeah yeah because you make a great point about towns i got asked this the other day of like hey what can the wolves do to like get into championship contention and i'm like as good as carl anthony towns is i think the answer is probably nothing like i just don't think you can i mean he the same problem that i've said that there is with Jokic. i think it's like triply as bad with towns as oh absolutely being able yeah. to build a championship level of defense yeah um I, I don't know any other thoughts on the teams in that group i mean they're, they're we'll save chicago for for a second here but are, are there any of these like big challenges or things that people may not be thinking about for the future of some of those teams I mean, Charlotte's still kind of a mystery meet, right? Because, I mean, LaMelo Ball still has crazy upside, I think. But yeah. there are these moments of looseness with that team, obviously. You wonder about the management there. But you also look and you see like, okay, well, you could have Ball and Bridges with, you know, a bunch of other like pretty good players and athletes and stuff. Like you could, you could see how this all works. Like, man, trading that future first for Kai Jones. Like what the Ooh. hell was that about? Well, and it's it hamstrings them so much. Oh, and, they can't then, they can't do any trades now because of the because of the uh, stipulation on the on the pick. Yeah. Well, and also this is something that's been been litigated quite a bit in the Charlotte market. But to me, the Hayward trade, even though he's been okay for them, like he still has missed a bunch of time. We'll see if he's even back for these playoffs. He wasn't around for last year's push. They 
probably would have made the playoffs if he'd been around but it just that was so short-sighted especially when you're essentially paying him 40 million dollars a year with the Batum stretch yeah as well that just showed it's somewhat similar to Cleveland I would say just a lack of vision can we please just get the eight seed that's that's all we want yeah Yeah. we just want to I mean get the eight seed and hold a parade for ourselves as amazing as that 2021 draft was if they just don't sign Hayward let's say they had just gotten you know the sixth or seventh pick or something and gotten Kaminga or Wagner or Josh Giddy in their program how much better a position they would be in than to have had Hayward and yeah okay like you know Mitch Kupchak you feel better about your job whatever uh, that they've been around 500 these last couple of years and they've you know they've now won what like six out of seven or seven out of eight without Hayward as and they've looked really good it's just that that worries me that and the Kai Jones move are just not future focused I mean no Kai Jones is very raw obviously but also uh the fact that he hasn't even been able to like sniff the court this year is concerning to me given some of their needs at center and all the COVID stuff and yeah and the four because like even they've even ended up playing JT Thor who they took 14 picks later and plays the same position as the same body type basically like a rangy like 6'11 guy who's basically 200 pounds barely 200 pounds yeah I think it was I think it was 18 I think it was 37 and Jones was oh yeah you're right you're right yeah or or 18 but yeah in any event yeah and you know trading for Plumlee is just kind of now here's what you might say if they could ever get their hands on a real defensive center like they could be pretty nasty right like like there is just this one hole that if they upgraded it they might be able to get into being a a team that's still in the mix in the east now they're they're also hurt by the fact that the east is like good now which is (laughs) right yeah 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 you can't just show up and get the six seed anymore just by not sucking yeah anyone who's seen our youtube videos knows that i don't wear formal stuff all the time so when it's time to dress up rather than dress down i highly recommend inochino they were the official outfitter of my wedding i got my tux from there all my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well i felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly because when you go somewhere else you're not going to get something that's made for you so why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you and not only does indochino have the suits that made them famous but now they've got everything blazers pants women's wear outerwear designed and made for you hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from european wools linen cottons tons of colors tons of patterns you can customize things like the lapel the vents the pockets and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style so level up your game with indochino go to indochino.com and use the code per easy to remember because john and benedict use per to get 10 percent off any purchase of 399 dollars or more that's 10 percent off at indochino i-n-d-o-c-h-i-n-o indochino.com and don't forget that per code to let them know you came from us um and new orleans another team where just some of their management moves and the short-sightedness and the moral hazard there just really make me wonder it was hard to know where to put new orleans but there's talent there and they're still sitting on picks and now i mean this this laker bounty they're about to get is the other thing oh my god oh man like they're gonna they they traded this pick right but they like ah well sure top 10 protected well the lakers are gonna end up with they're on pace now to end up with the ninth worst 
record, I think, which it would be amazing if that happened and then two teams jump them in the lottery and push it back to 11. But yeah. if New Orleans comes out of this with a lottery pick and still has the Lakers unprotected first next year uh, and is still sitting on two firsts from the holiday deal from Milwaukee. So between the between the picks they're still sitting on, even though they traded their own, their own pick is still most likely going to Portland. I mean, they would have to win in the play-in in order to not owe that pick. If Paul George is playing for the Clippers, I don't see them winning a play-in game in LA, but it's one game. You never know. Um, so they're in good shape that way. There is talent there, especially if Williamson actually plays in a game at some point. I'm just worried they're going to give Williamson a max extension and just end up eating a shit sandwich out of that. Yeah, well, you know, David Griffin believes in the power of positive thinking, going back to that Lakers pick. And so surely in the most New Orleans thing ever, he's bought voodoo dolls for every member of the front office and the business staff of LeBron James, and they're just sticking pins into his into his <laughs> ankle. <laughs> uh, on a daily basis yeah pa- david griffin is is emailing the organization constantly saying don't give up uh we, we can get this pick uh but yeah so it's just and then you throw in obviously the zion health as well like if they if they could get zion back to playing the way he played last year you know i think this would be a 50 win type of group but then you wonder about them possibly winning a championship as well and the zion health and just that the management has been poor the ownership has been poor i, I mean they certainly i think to have lucked into like gotten the bounty that they did for davis and holiday and to have gotten zion this is a pretty disappointing future for them to be because you know if you had done this right when zion got drafted you would be like oh these guys are going to be a force for a long time and it's they've squandered a lot of that unfortunately um atlanta just uh, i mean trey young i think is really really good he's one of the best offensive players in basketball i think they're always going to have a really good offense if he's around they may have a bad defense if he's around although i still think that it's possible to have a good defense with Trey Young. It's just harder. Yeah. But but this getting the second star in, they don't really have a path for that, a path to be a consistent, uh, you know, 55-win team. If they improve the defense, they could maybe get to 50. But I, again, another team, I just don't see a, a path to them in championship contention. Their path is to drop a giant package on somebody for, for like, a, a big wing. I, I, I guess, I, but those guys aren't available. Like, there was hope yeah. that Jalen Brown might spring free and... Yeah, who was was from Atlanta. So obviously down here, that was definitely a thing people were talking about, but I don't see that happening. I I mean, maybe it's a sign and trade for Miles Bridges. Right. This offseason, you know, may, maybe it could be something something along those lines, but where they also give up like two first round picks in that deal and then just hope that Bridges develops into that second guy and that a Kongu can be a monster defensively. You know, he might give them an out, possibly, maybe a Capella trade if he still has value around the league. Like I, I, there are ways they can definitely to me, the the way they played this year is on the lower end of what should be expected going forward. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that, definitely. Yeah, unless they get some sort of a tray injury. John Collins, does he have any trade value? What's the story with him? He's always been a, a weird fit there. So I, all of these teams, I mean, I really struggle to say, if you want to say who's going to have the best record over the next five years out of all these teams, I have no clue. It, 
it could be any of them but i also and i think at least one of them will emerge in a way we don't expect to be like a 50 mid 50s type window not that anybody actually wins 55 games anymore because no one gives a shit about the regular season but yeah. you know a when healthy 55 win type of team um right right the the type caliber of team that could be a top two seed and make a conference final i mean how crazy is that that only two teams this year are going to win more than 52 games as projected by 538 right now it's it's wild so it's been the last time the last time um the, there was a 30 loss team as the top seed in the east was 2003 with detroit and looks like we're going to get that this year or we're heading that way it may end up being 29 we'll see and then there's only two teams in the west that are on pace to exceed that uh Phoenix obviously was just off in their own universe. And then Memphis sadly threatening the team record for wins in a season set by the 2012-13 Grizzlies at 56. They are two away from tying it, three away from setting a new mark. I mean, I think they'll probably get there. I don't know. Their schedule must be hard. Their remaining schedule is actually hard, and Morant is not playing. I don't know if he's going to play until the playoffs. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, Phoenix, Utah, Denver, New Orleans, Boston. In any event, though, let's continue here. So were there any of these teams that you had, like, way higher or lower? Do you agree with me that they're all kind of... Yeah, you you kind you kind of convinced me that Cleveland belongs in this tier. I I was lower on Chicago. I have them at the very bottom of this. Yeah, twenty. They kind of defy categorization because they've got some young guys and and some old guys. And part of why they defy categorization is because they've moved in a way that's somewhat atypical, where they had a rebuilding team and then they cashed in their chips. Some in ways that have worked, some in ways that haven't. And you know, I I kind of see them as being a forty-five win ish team at best the rest of the you know for these next few years i don't unless patrick williams blows up uh i big time health concerns about lonzo going forward yeah what's going on with him i haven't really been following that one well this is the second time he's had surgery on that knee and he tried to come back from it this time it was a six to eight week timeline and he they he was getting swelling in it and he couldn't ramp up his activity so they stopped him from running for seven to ten days which i think is he's still in the middle of that period right now so he's not going back to your wow 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 and yeah then ruled him out officially but i was right shocked. right yeah no the, the, for for some reason i just like completely like that just like completely washed over yeah. me um so it, you know it's hard to count on him i i do think maybe and then vucevic is just only going to get worse the their their defense is so reliant on lonzo and caruso and th- that i think can be exploited eventually in the playoffs so i think to me they were and derozan is never going to have a season like this again i don't think levine no. I'd be agree because he's had the knee issue so i think that's this is it about, that's the low yeah. key one you worry about is is with levine um because yeah if he i mean you could see it's affecting him right now i mean i think clearly and yeah. if he's playing on a max deal yeah. under but, that but there's nothing structurally wrong john he just he, he just has like swelling in his knee for no reason you know chicago's kind of been known for these medical mysteries over the last few years i don't i don't know offhand how much karnishvish cleaned house when he got in there but it's it's interesting that this kind of stuff is cropping up again so yeah i mean i i see them as you know maybe they, they shouldn't be in this group but i also my next group was the was portland and the lakers and so i think maybe they deserve a little more optimism okay yeah teams. they they need they need more respect than that yeah i agree with yeah that. 
um but yeah so so chicago i'm just i i when we did this we put these together like a week ago and i had them as one of my hardest to rank but i think they're just kind of they're in 45 win purgatory right now even as well as the DeRozan move went yeah exactly they went they 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 went for a slightly higher level of the charlotte strategy but they don't have Lamelo ball on their team they, they have the wrong ball brother well and honestly they're pretty lucky that the cleveland cavaliers have had all these injury issues because they would be in the play-in otherwise 100 they've had yeah. they've had their own injury issues too but still yeah. um so is there anyone else that you had around this area or should are we moving down now so we're moving down area? but the, i think there's definitely a next team to talk about who's like half a tier below but like not okay. quite a full tier to me yeah. uh and that's Detroit, where you have you have Cade Cunningham, you have a likely high pick this year, you have the cap room, you have a couple of guys who are pretty interesting. You have you know you have Grant, who's either tradable or or a good player. I I think they're set up a little better than some of these other teams. There's a little more reason to be optimistic there. I think if you, if you're a Pistons fan, you disagree. Well, I, I, th- there are things I question there too. So let me let me argue with myself here. Uh, <laughs> you know what the front office situation is and the different chefs in the kitchen there and whether any of these guys that they've brought in really bring any kind of high level upside to them whether michael tell them as any other clients in israel that they need to sign hey gotta get that bio check man <laughs> um so yeah so i had a group from 23 to 26 i actually had portland and the lakers just because i think you know the, the lakers still have lebron james portland still has damian so Those the are- Really the late so okay yeah. so here was my argument for having Portland at the top of this next group is that a they still have Damian Lillard b they still have the chip of potentially trading Damian Lillard and I think up until the point they actually extend him they can get a lot for him so I would move them down if they actually committed to that extension which I think would make his contract far more toxic but I think right now that's still a guy with a lot of trade value if they decide to go that direction direction next year and they put themselves in a much better position asset wise certainly it's still a little tricky to see where it's going from here but i feel like there's a little more light at the end of the tunnel i think you you know even if you re-sign simons and nurkic and bring back Hart and see what that is like that that's still like there's a lot of trade value in that if nothing else I I think it's I I still see pathways for them I guess to get to points B and C they're in a hard spot but I think it's not quite an impossible spot yeah and they probably got two lottery picks coming this year as well now this rumors of trading for Jeremy Grant don't exactly titillate me yeah I mean tell me what they're giving up but yeah I don't get super excited about that one either going to be the new the, orleans the new orleans pick right would you trade i mean the 14th pick for the problem is you're just getting a year of jeremy grant unless you extend him and the extension yeah. i don't know if you yeah. feel great about extending him either though you know so it's a no that's a tough I, one i agree now they could extend him and then hey if it's not working he move he and dame at the trade deadline that that, that would be a possibility after they've six months after they've already extended him like you know yeah. it, it's it wouldn't be a disaster 
disaster like they might be able to recoup some of that value for grant if if they do move for him but i think you know they're gonna they'll be in the play-in mix next year and they they have a way to rebuild and get better obviously they're terrible this year if we're counting this year that's that's not too <laughs> exciting the uh yeah the, they're not putting an nba basketball team out there on the floor if you want to discount them a little bit for that uh and i i think their management actually is pretty good i've liked what cronin has done so far and just the question is going to be now how do they balance the still trying to compete with dame thing they're going to want to get a look at how he is after this surgery next year it doesn't sound like they're going to trade him in the offseason so they are going to try to improve some this offseason it seems like um let, let's get back to detroit though i had them in the group from 23 to 26 with houston orlando and indiana and i think you can make legitimate wow. arguments for all of those teams is why do you think detroit is way better off than houston orlando or indiana cade I just think Cade has a little more high-level upside in him than anyone on the other two rosters. Yeah, I I, I could see that. I'm I'm probably I think those other teams though have uh, those other three teams have more depth. Um, I probably believe in Detroit's management the least of those groups, okay. especially now yeah. that Houston isn't going to be trying to pay the luxury tax and Rafael Stone can just kind of <laughs> do what he wants. I've I've liked what yeah. Stone has done. Yeah, largely so far. Um, yeah, I was I was deeply skeptical of him after Maury left and. and I I think he's yeah. just assuaged a lot of those. Like I've liked what the, what they've done, and it seems like Fertitta is just going to let him do do what he wants to do. So I think you could make arguments for any of those. E- even Indiana, like Indiana, will almost certainly be the best of those teams next year. It would seem, especially if they bring back Warren and he's healthy, and they they keep Turner. Yeah, I mean, are they are they coming or going? Like, what are they doing there? What's what's their who who on that team can play in an All Star game? I mean, Halliburton, maybe I guess. Yeah, yeah, maybe it could be Halliburton or maybe it could be whoever they draft this year they'll get it mean, let, well let's let's be honest here you know what honestly the biggest thing that's going to determine which one of these teams goes forward is what happens in the lottery this year that's yeah. the biggest determinant that we just don't know the answer to right now yeah um you were so you i was lower on indiana i had them actually in the next tier um, well i have them 26th okay all right well then we're not that different because i had them 27th no. okay um <laughs> but uh um san antonio i actually had in this tier I, yeah, there's I some get, similarities between them. I and, get and that Indiana. there isn't like the one high level guy. Like Dejounte Murray is good. He made the All Star team this year. He's on a great contract, but there's only so high that he can lift a team. There are like a number of interesting younger players on good deals. They have a ton of cap room. They're going to play themselves out of a high pick, unfortunately. Although they are sitting on two other firsts this year. Yeah, that, that's the biggest reason why I have the Spurs below those other teams is. The that they're a they don't have that one centerpiece and b they're not going to have a high pick this year which those other teams are yeah i guess that's fair but you get it you know you get, we're doing the next five years right so year one they have a you know the spurs will have a play-in game potentially you know that's got to be that's got to be worth like that's like a that's like gold for some yeah, of these teams that's, right that's like, worth at least two utiles for a spurs fan yeah <laughs> but well and also i think the spurs are still going to be decent next year too whereas i think it's actually a good thing when we're talking about this level of it now i'm probably more concerned about what are you going to be in three or four years because the present for these teams isn't particularly scintillating at this point right like to me as a fan if we're talking about who i want to be a fan of we we did our criteria of what we're basing this on at the start of last episode if y'all missed it but i to me i would almost i would rather watch the houston rockets next year than the san antonio spurs i would rather just watch jalen green develop than anyone on san antonio why do you hate alperin Goon. Well, okay. 
there you go. That's another one. I'd probably, I'd, Shangun is a great watch. I love that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that I almost would rather watch a rebuilding team than a 35 win 10th seed personally. And then you, they also have the greater upside later on. So that's why I have those teams ahead of San Antonio. Do, do we need to, like Orlando? What's the story with them? Uh, I, they, you know, they still don't have that one guy. They still don't. They're going to have another high pick this year. They have a very clean cap. Uh, they still have future firsts from the Bulls and the Nuggets. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's hard to get excited. Like, Jonathan, like if Jonathan Isaac was playing, we might feel better about them. He's still, he's still signed for three more years. Still could, I mean, potential defensive terror, right? Franz Wagner looks like a real deal. Yeah, yeah. these guys so could get into the play-in mix as early as next year. Although they but, are so snake bent, seems like. <laughs> right, right. I mean, the the team that they have right now is just kind of boring, right? But yeah, but can it get? Better? I mean, they still need that truly dynamic perimeter creator. But they they're gonna have a like if they get that one guy, they they may evolve into kind of what the Spurs have been the last couple of years, where you're like, man, they got all these young guys who are pretty good, and if you could just get one really good perimeter creator, like this team might actually be a force. But they just don't have that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I guess another reason to be higher on Houston is Houston has a lot of extra draft capital. As extra well. draft capital and kind of random uh, Shingun. You know, they have three first round picks from this last year. One of them could still pop. You know, did like Shingun's been pretty good, but like even you know Christopher Garuba. Let's see what happens with them. Uh, just kind of younger guys just lying around. So yeah, I was probably yeah. too low on Houston as I look at this. Like I should have had them ahead of San Antonio. Certainly, arguably should have had them ahead of the Lakers. I mean the Lakers were tough to rank, but the the thing of like, no matter what, you have LeBron next year, and in two years, you have a bunch of cap room, and you're the Lakers. So it was hard for me to put them too low because there are still high-end possibilities there, even if they seem remote at the moment. Yeah, yeah. and Le- LeBron and AD as well, that they're, I mean, I think they're going to be at least, you know, around 500, you would hope, the next couple of years at a minimum, yeah. if they could just get rid of Westbrook and get a few more real players. I mean, th- th- these units that they're starting outside of LeBron and Westbrook and not like you know I also rank Russell Westbrook the number 40 point guard in the NBA when Danny and I did our ranking so it's not like he's some big big help at this point yeah but yeah I mean they just have no NBA players available it's insane like if if it just to 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 get LeBron and AD back and just some real players who are just like you know even rotation players not even starters and they could be right back in mid potential yeah like John Conchar would be a fucking A-list celebrity right now if he played for the Lakers <laughs> yeah oh you're right it's crazy yeah so some of these teams that uh, have these young guys that w- would be amazing for them but of course they have kind of punted it on a lot of them so I had them I had them in Portland in somewhat similar straights uh Portland looking better in terms of the draft capital and if uh and the Lakers better in terms of just their current overall talent so yeah ah The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Um, who else do we need to discuss here? My, so my last tier is New York, Washington, and Sacramento, 28 through 30. Yeah, I had Indiana in that tier too. 
Washington, I mean, this to me is why they should have traded Beal because they're just, they're all in on 37 and 45 still. You know, they're taking their shot at Porzingis now. We'll see what happens with that. Beal, it looks like they're going to end up giving Beal the bag. And then what? Then their best option is still to trade Beal because none of these lottery picks have these late lotto picks have hit at a level enough to make any meaningful difference. When you look at Avdia, Hachimura, Kispert. Uh, Kuzma, I mean, that was a good... What's crazy is Milwaukee is down here even though they did a lot of work because they were a 30th, right? They were a clear 30th. Like, so uh, oh, their front office is actually... Washington. Yeah. I yeah. Think you said Milwaukee there. Oh, I'm sorry. Washington has done work to get themselves up to 29th or 28th or whatever we got them. <laughs> yeah. Because that John Wall contract, my God. I mean, that thing was, was you know, one of the most radioactive contracts in the league and they managed to swap that for Westbrook, swap out Westbrook, somehow walk away with Kuzma and KCP and now they have a surplus value contract with Kuzma and KCP is at least halfway decent and they have some options with what to do with do with that deal next year. So they're in a much better place, but it's still a not great place to be. So if they if they had an owner with some fucking ambition, I would I might rank them higher because then they would do the same thing. They would This is there's the same thing with with Charlotte and to a lesser extent you, you know Cleveland, Chicago where they just kind of went all in to get some level of decent and have basically foreclosed any opportunity for anything beyond that. Yeah. And, and you know, if Bradley Beal were as good as Damian Lillard, then you'd feel a lot better about them, right? But he's not. He's not a top 20 player right now. He was really bad this year. And, uh, you know, maybe yeah. I expect he'll be a little better next year, but he, he's forgotten how to shoot three-pointers. That's really odd. You know, if they if they were just, all right, we're going to trade Beal for as much as we can, as soon as we can, and then uh, KCP and Kuzma, well, let's move them for late first rounders and play the young guys and hey we'll actually because there's just they they just they can't get better they have to just bite the bullet and be bad for an extended period and actually rebuild and they're just going to never do that and so they're just going to be 35 wins forever yeah. until unless until they get Beal unless they out. yeah unless a build demands out or they luck out in the lottery or uh or they hit an absolute home run with a draft yeah. pick which not now yeah they really have, I, haven't done i i do believe more in their group of management below Ted Leonsis, but there's only so much they can do in executing his pathetically limited vision. Well, the, and there's also still the weirdness with the medical side and Tommy Shepard. Sachi Brown left though. So that's, yeah, so now so there's now two people reporting to the owner instead of three, but yeah, it's still weird. Yeah, it's not. It's no longer a triumvirate. Yeah. So do we like their future better than the Knicks or worse? I, I would have to say worse. I think the I would Knicks go with the more, Knicks here. Yeah. They, they have more current capital. Like RJ Barrett, like that is legitimately encouraging what's happening, right? Like you're you're starting to look at, okay, here's a young wing who could be in an all-star game at some point the way this is going. So I think there's reason to get excited about that. They've kept their books relatively clean. They have some at least halfway decent young players who could be pieces in trades and not, if nothing else. Uh, more desirable market for free agency, you would think. And they this group they, has drafted relatively well. They've drafted it's, uh, well, Leon and Rose's former client, and they've built up uh, draft capital too, which which I think is significant. So at the margins, you like them better. the The Randall extension is looking maybe not so great now. Oh, that's correct. Uh, and the Fournier deal was was 
probably not great. But they haven't, they, I mean, for a Knicks, you know, Dolan era Knicks team, it's been a while since they did something destructively bad where, where the moment it happened, you were just like laughing at them and pointing, right? They're like, we haven't had that for basically the entire Rose administration. Yeah. And and I'm, and they are still New York. They are going to be willing to spend when it makes sense to do so. And I'm a little lower on Barrett than you. I've always been, I think there's a a very possible tendency to overrate him given, you know, Duke and New York and number three pick and stuff. But he has taken some encouraging strides forward. That's that's definitely the case. And they're definitely, so, and they've been competently managed. Like I actually liked their offseason okay other than maybe going one year too many on Fournier. So they can get back to being 500 these next couple of years. The reason they're so low is just there's no clear path forward beyond that, really. And Julius Randle maybe can play a little bit better next year. Yeah, they, they could possibly be a 45-win team at some point, which I don't think you can say for San Antonio or Washington or Sacramento in this 27 to 30 group that I have. And that leaves us with number 30. Uh, so here's here's the thing. The bar is so low for this team that for those fans of that team, if this team were to say make the play in once and make the eight seed once in the next five year span, that would be construed as a right as like a team team of team of the century for that city, right? Oh man, not team yeah, of the it, century. Okay, they were they, they were two thousand four. That was the last time they were really awesome. Um, yeah, but it's it's been is it fourteen or fifteen now? I lost track. Two thousand is the last year they made the play why the hell are they still trying to win games by the way what do you mean they they, they shut down uh sabonis and fox at this point right they, did they shut them down yeah they did yeah I, there's, okay there's, the last fox time i was watching them, a, those guys those guys were playing okay yeah no sabonis right. got a knee thing there's a some hand issue with fox so I, I think they've i think they've accepted it at this at this point and you know there's another team that's plagued by just can we please just get the eight seed and that's our only aspiration in the world uh also obviously the worst managed i would say and i i say that mainly like ownership and the different chefs in the kitchen or whatnot i yeah, think i mean the the sabonis trade is just a perfect encapsulation of the vivek idiocy that has plagued this team since he took over in 2013. yes and he will raise their short-term floor but he didn't even raise they didn't even raise the short-term floor i don't even know if sabonis is better than halliburton right now wow they're five and ten ten with sabonis in the lineup okay like they actually got they traded for him and if anything got worse and and like they also moved on from buddy heald so they have no shooting now and they have no shooting and they have no defense because sabonis is their center now uh, you you yeah you you left out no wings right yeah they had no wings and no shoot I mean I guess Barnes is a, oh, is like he's more of a Barnes four. yeah ju- you know ju- Justin Holiday who's in a, you know he's really runs hot and cold and they have him as a starter. So as I long as you how, have how six centers, though, and you have Trey Lyles, who you can play as a seventh one, I mean, I think that positions you in the modern NBA for success. Yeah, and then throw in that they're either going to have to give Sabonis a big extension, which he'll be eligible for after this year, or lose him. And, it, like, I mean, there's, with him at center and no good defensive players on the roster, like, if you look at what the upside of this team could be, there's no, unless they get just some unbelievable defensive coaches there there's no way they're going to be a top 20 defense over the next i mean as long as sabonis is there probably
probably you know i mean fox is terrible um you know it's basically davion mitchell and a bunch of guys who are either you know okay at best on, on either on yeah guys who are either okay or are not okay <laughs> right but not <laughs> but not plus defenders so they're they got some work to do this offseason their cap is just okay going forward but it's okay i mean barnes is entering the last season of his deal so we'll see what they do is, there is he is he are they gonna not trade him next year too that that'll oh be God. as they fight again for the 10th seed and then he just finally yeah. walks in free agency or no then maybe they just they, they just give him a new contract or maybe they'll maybe give, they'll extend him this offseason who knows give him the bag yeah yeah we got to do oh, that man. pod at some point the uh the extension possible extensions that was a, a good one from last year yeah oh man there's a lot uh, out there uh so i i just they can never get better defensively i would say as long as sabonis is there and i don't see the and you know what's the worst part and offense because they keep chasing that carrot in front of them that they can never reach they're gonna go exactly 31 and 51 for each of the next five years and never get that high lottery pick they need to that could actually give them a chance to propel forward yeah that, that's the other thing right it, it's same same reason as the mentality and you know i would love to be able to put sacramento in the category of like young and rebuilding teams like the reason that i have washington and sacramento the lowest is is it's like they're on they're at the middle of the down slope but they're never going to allow themselves to get to the trough so that they can begin cresting the next hill they're going to just keep walking laterally sideways along the down slope for eternity exactly you see that so i can relate to this because that's the exact thing we fought in in memphis my last two years there where it was like it was over but we were still clinging to it and we lucked out that mark and mike retained their trade value for those two years so it was like as long as you have those players there's still the possibility of turning that into into something uh but the players have to retain their value so you worry like if Lillard gets the big extension if Beal gets the big deal then what happens to their trade value at that point which for the last two years has been really really high all right well I, I think we're we're pretty firmly in agreement on Sacramento being last who is the hardest to rank for you the Lakers yeah just because just it's LA and the, they can pull the right possibility the possibilities for them there's just always high-end possibilities that you can imagine out there because their cap is clean and and they're the Lakers. So that 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 was hard because you kind of have to use your imagination about what might happen. Although I think the way the league is trending, there are fewer players hitting unrestricted free agency, which may make it harder for them to do the types of things that they've done in the past. I would say that the young and rebuilding teams are hard to rank just because we don't know what's going to happen in the lottery this year. Yeah. Uh, I would say that Toronto was pretty difficult for me as well. So these teams that are just, they always seem to figure it out because they have good management, but maybe they don't have the clearest path to really getting into contention. I thought that was difficult. Uh, OKC is hard just because they have all these assets, but just how long is it going to be before they actually start turning them into production? Like I have faith that it will happen at some point, but just when in this five-year time horizon that we're talking about will that begin to occur but also just being for just if the ranking is if we're not just doing who wins the most it's who you would want to be a fan of and i think okc nice organization a team that is going to have a lot of interesting young guys that you're want to going to want to just find out about as a fan so i that's why i had them at 13 i thought that was that seemed a good splitting the difference of their assets and how pathetic they are right now um so here there's a i did re-listen to our podcast from last year on this and there are a 
few interesting nuggets I wanted to point out, mostly at my own expense, sadly. Okay. I asked you last year, Atlanta Hawks over under 0.5 conference finals in the next five years. Mm-hmm. And I took the under. And that obviously was incorrect because they made it last wow. year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the hilarity is... I actually feel worse about them now than I felt about them this time last year. Right. Despite the fact they made the conference finals last year. How crazy is that? Um, This one was actually, I can pat myself on the back for this. Okay. Uh, We did this right after Brooklyn had traded for James Harden. And I said, well, if it doesn't work out, Brooklyn could always trade one of those big three if they needed to. And I predicted it was kind of an unstable situation. And uh, that was right. That turned out to be correct. Um, Yeah. I also had Philly lower than I think some people did because I didn't believe in them as a playoff team last year. That turned out to be right. Wow. Okay. Um, I had the LA Lakers number one last year when they were... I think 21 and six at the time that we did yeah. the podcast yeah. and had just won the NBA championship and they had LeBron and AD and yeah. everyone was looking great. And then AD went down and uh, yeah, it's got off the rails a little bit since then. <laughs> and I also said, yeah, you know, the, the Lakers management seems to be semi-competent now that magic is gone. <laughs> They, I should have they known. found they found a different kind of magic. I I should have known with the Schroeder trade, which I was not in favor of. That yeah, they didn't that they just didn't. That was get it. that was the tell, right? Yeah, that was the canary in the coal mine. Um, this was a great one. I said that I liked what I'd seen from Nate Bjorkren so far. Ooh. <laughs> Hey, that was at the time when like Malcolm Brogdon was like, oh yeah, it's so good to have this coach that he like set up some DHO play for Sabonis to win a game early and like everyone was singing his praises and uh, yeah, you know, that, that didn't last too long. Didn't last too long. Um... And one thing that we were both right on is we said that it was totally wide open over the next couple of years in a way that it hadn't been. And I think that's that's borne out. Has absolutely played out. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we didn't come back and be like, oh, yeah, it was obvious in the like the Lakers didn't or Clippers didn't just like steam to the championship last year and, you know, just blow through and win every series in five. And I was like, oh, yeah, we should have known it was going to be these guys the whole time. Like, no, there was not an obvious one. And I feel the same way this year honestly despite what phoenix has done in the regular season totally ready to agree. rule ready to rule a team out of the playoffs or two teams out of the playoffs we're gonna we finish will up rule here. two teams out of the playoffs oh man you you teased this i did going forward let me start Oof. with the lo- let me start with the low-hanging fruit okay la lakers goodbye and are you doing do you be saying that because you believe they will not even make the play in at this point I think they are drawing less than 50% to make the play-in. And then even if they make the play-in, for them to win two in a row on the road, or on the road-ish, I guess, at Clippers might be the second one. But I, I just Paul don't see George. it. Paul, Paul George yeah. coming back was actually That's a really game changer. a lot. Yeah. 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 The Paul George coming back may be the only thing that spares us total embarrassment for ruling out New Orleans so early. Yeah, I think so. I mean, well, New Orleans was still never even going to get to be the eighth seed, but um, yeah, let's see here yeah and the clippers will be the eighth seed new orleans 79 percent chance being nine and then lakers still given a 25 percent chance of the 10th seed but also lebron's gonna try to come back on friday they're gonna lose to utah tonight AD's gonna try to come back on friday like those guys aren't gonna be 100 percent. i don't see how they're gonna be 100 percent a week from now when they have to win two road games oh gosh yeah so that would give me yeah i mean i, I, I we've already ruled out new orleans anyway yeah there's no one else to rule yeah. out it's got to be the lakers 
unless you're going to rule out the Clippers. Unless you're going to say the Lakers are going to no, beat the Clippers no, in that final it's, play-in. It's for, no, you can't. Yeah. That, that would be... All right, so this is 330 LA Lakers. Yeah, I mean, that's that's much easier than in the East, I think. Uh, yeah. But uh, So you and I have both already ruled out the Charlotte Hornets, John, and they are yes. actually on a tear at the moment. Yes. Uh, they have some chance of being the eighth seed, which could start to make things interesting. Yeah, if they finished ahead of Brooklyn, I guess. Um, it would make things interesting because it would make what I'm about to say impossible. Uh, so we hinted at this early in the show, but the team I'm going to eliminate from the playoffs, I'm going to go out slightly on a limb here and eliminate Cleveland. Ooh, that is, that is risky because Cleveland, number one, they could just be in the top six, <laughs> right? Like that they seems, could just, that seems yeah. pretty unlikely at this point. So the, them being the top six. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mobley is out at least three more games. Garland Allen's, is really out of gas. Allen, who knows? I mean, he's, they're talking about him trying to come back, but I don't know how effective he can be with a broken hand or broken finger. Um, and the depth just isn't there for them so i i think it's pretty likely they end up seven it's possible they could even end up eight but then I, the one where i'm where i'm maybe reaching a little well, well, is, well here's 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 a, a little monkey wrench for you though john okay they play both philadelphia and milwaukee i think those teams might be pretty interested in but well i guess it'll depend we'll see where those teams are going to end up milwaukee doesn't yeah. fuck around in the same way with the matchups we saw that last year but philly they might be be very interested in in just punting a game and letting Cleveland win because they might also want to stay away from Brooklyn by losing and also force Brooklyn down into the opposite bracket by letting Cleveland win and maybe Milwaukee. I, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't understand. There's a seven eight game no matter what. Brooklyn can't get up to six. Uh, they're they four games back th- with they're four back with six games left. I mean, it could happen. Like like Cleveland could go one and five the rest of the way, and Brooklyn has a very easy. No, Cleveland Cleveland seven right now now though oh, oh you're just yeah, flipping okay, the home so road for a cleveland brooklyn all right, game. All right I've, I've i fucked yeah. that up sorry yeah no nah, you're right um yeah so yeah you actually want cleveland to have home court in the seventh then yeah okay so never mind that's that's not gonna happen in that case um so so where i'm slightly well, well, okay, I guess, out on a limb I guess, here i mean maybe they would want cleveland to be six and chicago to be seven that would be the the only other aspect to that potentially but but all right so so you're ruling out cleveland i mean i think I, I, this is, I agree with you on this, that Cleveland will be most likely to be the worst of those teams in the play-in, just in terms of like on a neutral floor playing a game. Yeah, yeah. Between Atlanta and they don't have anyone as good as Trey Young. If they were totally healthy, then maybe I'd feel differently, but I just don't, I, Mobley, like him. Yeah, him being that's back the thing. Time, the, health, not sure. the health picture with them has changed so much. Yeah. So where, where, I, where it becomes a little bit of a reach for me is I'm now saying that Atlanta, who's in 10th place right now, is going to win two play-in games to take their spot or charlotte right well i already eliminated charlotte though oh yeah that's yeah i guess so i'm stuck true. with atlanta well, well but right? but you you could you could at least be even if you have already eliminated charlotte eliminating cleveland rather than atlanta is still still better you're still giving yourself a better chance if you think either charlotte or atlanta will win yeah because that, that way at least you're only missing on one team rather than two <laughs> i mean we agree we agree they're gonna get smoked by brooklyn right cleveland yeah i, I don't if one game is one game but and, yeah. and the nets are are, are inconsistent but all that said, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yes, I, I, I fear so. Uh, th- th- I think that would appear to be the, the consensus. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, smoked, I would give the Cavs a 30% chance of win, probably. Yeah, all right. So that that's not an insanely low broil. They are mm. still at home. Whew. Yeah, Atlanta, though, they have. there's no way they get to be in the top eight. And then they could easily just lose to the Hornets also and not even be. Yeah. No, I, well, and this will also, it'll make it interesting, too. I'm going to rule out Atlanta. And, Ooh, and th- this will okay. just, this will just make it interesting. One of us can be right and one of us can be wrong. So we don't, so we don't have all the same teams. I, I think that's, right. that's the way this needs to end. Okay. <laughs> so now, now I can be uh, I, rooting for uh, Karis LeVert in the play and might be, might be difficult for me. <laughs> I, I don't, why, why did I just do that to myself? All right. Well, this is fun. Uh, you can, of course, catch John and I live on Spotify Green Room at 12 Pacific, 3 Eastern on Wednesdays generally. Uh, jump in, ask us some questions. And of course, this podcast comes out usually every Wednesday. We may change that up a little bit right before the start of the playoffs um, in two weeks, but we'll be on Wednesday next week. So we'll talk to you all then. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.